0: Has shown us how to create the right environment for a stable, non inflationary growth economy by controlling the money supply, cutting taxes, and limiting the growth of government. James Buchanan, father of the Public Choice School, who shifted the emphasis from market failure to government failure and introduced ways to limit state power. Gary Becker, who was the first to apply economic principles to sociology and other disciplines, and Robert Mundell, one of the founders of supply-side economics, touting the benefits of free trade, tax cuts, and deregulation. Back in the 1960s and 1970s, these Chicago academics were treated as fringe economists, even though they considered themselves the true intellectual descendants of Alfred Marshall, this small group advocated limited government, sound money, decreased regulations, investing in stock index funds, and cutting taxes. Many in the profession called them kooks. Today, they are instead called Nobel laureates. I was privileged to be a part of that Chicago group in the 1960s and 1970s, participating firsthand in the birth of supply side economics. At that time, our nation stood at a crossroads, deciding whether to continue a policy of high taxes, rising inflation, and slow growth, or to change course and cut taxes and regulations to foster more growth, less inflation, and more savings. It was at this time that the Laffer Curve, highlighted in Chapter 26, was born— The idea that a sharp cut in high marginal tax rates could so encourage savings, productivity, and economic growth that government could enjoy more revenues, not less. Welfare spending and income support programs are also commensurably less as the economy expands. Indeed, the best form of welfare will always be a good, high-paying job. In short, not only do tax cuts cost a lot less than anyone currently believes, but they are also often the best way to help the poor. Tax cuts can cure all manner of maladies. The supply-side revolution thus spawned the Thatcher-Reagan revolution and a new paradigm in economic science. The Reagan-era tax cuts spurred not only excellent economic growth, but also enormous savings. Just look at the economy that supply-side economics has ushered in. I've never seen a major economy that comes even close to the current U.S. economy. I've never even read about an economy, modern or ancient, near or far, large or small, that can hold a candle to the United States of today. While the country isn't perfect, it is the closest thing this old planet has ever created. Today, the U.S. economy is the only developed economy that is also a growth economy. I believe this is true because of the incredible policies put in place over the past 25 years. Over that time, fiscal policy has been improved dramatically. Lower marginal tax rates have encouraged work and investment. Monetary policy has been improved greatly so we now have stable, low inflation translating into much lower interest rates for borrowers. Trade has gotten freer, creating more wealth for the United States and its trading partners. Finally, economic restrictions and union membership are lower, allowing markets to function more freely. If you want to see the effect of these changes, just look at the stock market. From January of 1966 through July of 1982, the average annual compound real rate of return of the S&P 500 was negative 6.1%. Really think about that. Due to poor economic policies, the stock market barely appreciated in nominal terms, and returns were actually negative, due to the huge increase in price levels. Since pro-growth policies were instituted under President Ronald Reagan, though, the S&P 500 has delivered an average annual compounded real rate of return of 8.1 percent from July of 1982 through today. In short, supply-side economics has hugely improved the economic lot of our country, and it is sweeping across the